0: The number you have dialed.
1: Welcome to IABC's podcast The Voice for marketers, communicators and creative professionals everywhere, brought to you by MediaStyle. This episode hosted by Graham McCatchick.
0: Hello, bonjour, hola, (laughs) hola, ciao, assalamu alaikum. I'm your host, Grey McCatchick. Today, our theme is Lost in Translation, or we may actually put a variation on that and call it Lost in Adaptation. You'll see why in a moment. Do you remember that film uh, of the same name, Lost in Translation, uh, starring Bill Murray? The movie delved into themes of alienation and loneliness and culture shock. And I, I guess you could say that those are some common issues one might face when English isn't pr- translated properly into French or vice versa, or when English language or campaigns are introduced properly into the Francophone culture or vice versa, or for any culture for that matter. So, today uh, to tackle this topic, I'm joined by Mathieu José Gagnon, president and founder of CasaCom offices in Montreal and Toronto. Mathieu José, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you, Graham. Excellent. And I'm also joined by my longtime friend, Francis Lyonnais. You can find him online at www.lionnet.ca. His website is titled Comment parler anglais. Francis, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Very good. For our Francophone listeners today, at the end of the podcast, I'll be asking our two guests to uh, to recap in French the main take-home points from today's chat, and I'll put that in the show notes, and you can just jump right to that part in the podcast. But I just wanted to start, marie jose um, a little bit about uh, what to do at Casacom.
1: Well, Casacom is a public relations consultancy firm. We do branding, um, public relations, digital communication. And, you know, to, to to speak to your topic, we do a lot of adaptation and communication, like a, a big corporation coming from uh, the U.S. or even from English Canada, like Chorus Entertainment. When they came in into Quebec in 2004, we helped them adapt and kind of change, so that they won't lose in translation, they would win in translation, so this is what we do.
0: Okay, and Francis?
2: I'm a freelance writer of promotional English, and because I'm half French, uh, I've taken a logical step and been drawn into translation, translating French into
0: English, or, as you shall see later, adapting it or rewriting it into English. Okay, great, and in the context uh, of translation and language adaptation, Martin Jose, why is cultural context important?
1: If you want to connect with the people, uh, you know, if you're a corporation, if you want to come into Quebec and you don't adapt to the different culture, well, good luck. You're losing, you know, you might not reach your goal, your business goal, like you would like if you don't connect with the people. You know, it's like in a relationship. If you want to, Seduce somebody you have to adapt to that person at some point you have to connect that person make sure you know that person and you can find affinity with that person so this is uh, very very key and you know for instance Pepsi Cola they're number one in, in Quebec since 20 30 years and you know why because they connected with the people of Quebec through celebrity uh for instance and through other means and in the rest of the world You know, or at least in the the rest of uh, America, Coca Cola is number one, but they've never been able to be number one in Quebec, and that's because of the connection that Pepsi was able to do. So this is what we this is this is so key. And of course, there's a lot of things you you have to do to do that.
0: Okay, and I I like that Uh, you have to seduce the people, Francis. I like where this is going.
2: Oh yeah, well she's absolutely right. I mean you. When you're talking about two languages, you may fly be under the same flag, but we, you you can't sell to a French person as you, the same way you sell to an anglophone. The analogy I like to use is the difference between Catholic ritual and Protestant ritual. I mean, with Catholic ritual, there's a whole other there's a whole uh, some, evoking of a of an other world mystery of the other world. Whereas with Protestants, you get a very sparse concentration you know, a very simple thing on the plain word of God, as they would put it. I mean, there's no smells and bells involved there at all. So there are two different sensibilities. And business English is driven by a what I call a Protestant um, mentality because modern business English comes out of America, mainly. So, yes, it's, you're, you're talking two very different phenomena, here, and uh, you don't seduce one by using the tools of the other.
0: Okay. Now, let's talk about what the implications are for, say, marketing campaigns or advertising creative that gets introduced into a, a new market, uh, say a francophone market. Jose, give me some examples of, uh, I think you, you mentioned a few earlier, but like, let's get more on of a practical level. There might be people working on campaigns right now that mm-hmm. might be being introduced to a yeah. new market, and what do they need to be thinking about?
1: It just uh, the Curse Entertainment uh, case is interesting. We, we just changed the name. We did a few other things, but we changed Curse entertainment to chorus Quebec and if you speak French you cannot say chorus Quebec you cannot so you will change it for chorus Quebec so immediately it would sound French immediately and for people uh, radio hosts it was super important that they would be able to say chorus not chorus the big guy from Alberta coming in Quebec you know Uh, So, just for uh, Michael's stores, uh, another very good example, they just entered Quebec, September 14th, with seven stores. We worked with them for uh, two years prior to their opening. And what you have to remember here is how early they prepared, okay, from top, top, uh, you know, their executive, their president, their CEO, everybody was involved in How are we going to adapt to that market? We think that Quebec is an international market, like Belgium would be an international market for us. And this is a huge decision. So you start there. You start early. Of course, you you work on translation very early. You have to work well on translation. Uh, Francis can talk to that, I'm sure, but there was mistakes on the road for sure, and a lot of lesson learned uh, from a lot of clients on that aspect. So Michael's, they had to translate 35,000 SKUs, all their materials, and they did a fabulous job, but it took them three years. And also you have to make, do some research in the market. There's a lot of decision you have to make to make sure you're going to be successful early on, and then there's a lot of execution I can talk to.
0: Okay. now. Uh, Francis, I'm just going to jump to a question straight for you. I just want to tell you a quick story. Recently on, my, on the job, uh, I had a massive translation project uh, to do, uh, English to French. Uh, hired a company. We actually, we actually ran out of a little bit of luck because we had two of our, our really great translators that weren't able to accommodate the, the project because uh, uh, of the scope, but um, what happened was we ended up hiring a company. And been unbeknownst to us, they actually went out outside of their internal staff, hired somebody externally to get the job done on, on a tight deadline. And a, the, I got to be honest, the, the result was terrible. There was, there was some, uh, it literally looked like in some cases, when I was told, uh, that copy was taken, put into Google Translate and translated that way. Um, yeah. That's terrible. That's, now, what, are, what are some red flags people need to be aware of when sourcing a translator yeah. in general?
2: Yeah, you're blind when you do that. You've got to know your translators. There's a lot of people saying they translate. I mean, here in Quebec, I've got, I see that, uh, I work mainly, I've got a huge chunk of film and TV uh, clients. And when I'm pitching that, that industry, I find there are people taking shortcuts. Because um, people say, yes, I'm bilingual, I'm, I'm equally good in English and French. But it's not true. They're, they're, their English can be appalling. It can smell of poutine, as I say. Yeah. And... Um, You've got to know your translators. There are some excellent translators about, but you've got to know them and, and identify them. I mean, I've passed on a couple to you, as you know. Yeah. So, But when it's running from French to English, a lot of people are taking shortcuts. Don't take shortcuts. If you want a foreign language, get someone who's a real deal who can deliver it. And sometimes translators just translate what's on the page. You need somebody who's got a feel for selling an idea, because ultimately we're always selling ideas, whether it's a Bag of chips, or what Marie-José does, you know?
0: Okay. Now, I just want to be just really pra- on a real practical level. Like, if one does not know of a great French translator in, say, Montreal, what? How do one, does one go about finding one? Telephone me. Okay. There you go. <laughs> go to lyonnais.ca.
2: <laughs> um, no, well, really, you've got to you got to find someone whose word you trust t- to tell you what to do, you know, or have someone who can look at a, some a translator's work and say, Yeah, this is good. This isn't. Okay. Or they'll say, hang on, these aren't the same voices in these two things. I think two people did this. You know, you just got to, it's, okay. it's very important. So it's I think it's, it's
1: important. so important, you know, you, you can miss it, you know, just by using caps. You know, in, in English, yeah. caps is, are very important. A foreign company coming here will use caps all the time when they write small, small sentences or tag lines. And if they do that, we know it we know they didn't adapt. They didn't do it right. Sometimes it's an accent was missing, but only the caps will tell you
0: they're from abroad. Okay, now just to keep things moving, from bo- this, is, this goes out to both of you. Can you offer some practical advice or just general thoughts uh, or considerations that, say, social media community managers uh, will need to think about before they start managing? multiple say Facebook communities, Twitter communities, what have, whatever the case may be in multiple languages. Just some umbrella thoughts. I know that you're not, that's not necessarily your area of focus, but it's some good intel because uh, I know a lot of people are doing that.
1: Uh, our team do that uh, okay, every great. day, so no problem. And uh, you know, it's the, 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 the social media tools were not made for multiple u- uh, language users, okay? It was, it was made for English speaking people. And that's very sad. So we're kind of stuck with those. And if you look at, for instance, Twitter, this is very, very difficult. For instance, at Kazakom, what we did, we opened a Twitter account for our Toronto office where we speak in English, and a Montreal account where we speak in French. Because I cannot speak in French and in English to my English people who don't understand a word in French. They will, they will not look at my Twitter account anymore. You know, they, will, they won't care. Facebook is a little bit different. They were able to put a um, a tool that help you uh, reach out to your francophone when you, you you write in French. You 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 reach out to your francophone fans, and the same in English. So it's more practical. It's not 100% um, um, reliable, but at least you know it. It you can because it's important to speak to someone in his own language. You know, it's key. And the other thing is, and then you need Francis or ourselves, you know, to, to not only translate but to to transform the 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 post so it can speak to the people here. You okay. know, a translation is not enough. You have to go further than uh, make okay, it so an can, extra
0: mile. On a practical level, what do you put out on your French Twitter page versus your English? I'm assuming you're not just putting out the same content on both in different languages.
1: Well, for instance, uh, we, we try to put links that are in French when we speak in French, you know, on our Twitter account. But what is important is not necessarily content, is the language we use. You know, if my if I, I have a group of... It's, it's very difficult for English-speaking people to understand that, but that's the case. If I have a group of, of uh, subscribers, followers, that are uh, French-speaking, they will be insulted if I speak to them in English. Why mm. would I? So what, what, the way we, we, we solve that problem is to have two accounts, one that we speak in French, another one that we speak in English. This being said, we have our own content that we uh, broadcast. So that content is our content. So it's more the way we talk about our content uh, and the language we use to talk about our, our content than the content itself.
0: Now, Francis, um, o- over to you. Uh, just on a day-to-day basis and, and the kind of work you do, what are some common challenges that you'd face? Just so people get a sense of when they're working with a contractor like yourself, what they need to be aware of.
2: Um, I don't know how to answer that, actually. I mean, it
0: changes all the time. I mean, it's up to
2: you to ask the right questions and make the points and put them on the, the tracks you want them to deliver to you, really. Mm-hmm. And I've got different clients in different areas, so um, you, as a, as a provider, you've got to set it up. You can't, you know, you've got to get them to
0: to help you. And roughly uh, in general for translation, uh, what should people be expecting to pay on an hourly basis?
2: It varies. For example, I think the government charges about, let me get this, uh, they charge mm-hmm. about 1400, bu- um, expect 1400 words uh, in a day, right? And, but I will deliver 2000, therefore I'm more expensive. I see. You can pay anything from about, I mean you can do it by the word or by the hour. Um, I, I deliver uh, 22,100 uh, words a day uh, minimum for 95 bucks an hour. Okay. You get other people who are much cheaper, but they don't bring my, my kind of English because I didn't start life as a translator. I am uh, a copywriter or a prom- writer of promotional
0: English okay. and, and so forth. So it's, it's horses for courses. Okay, so lots of things to consider here. Um, marie jose in your own words, in French, can you please just take a moment to encapsulate some of the key points from our discussion right now?
1: Absolument. Euh, j'ai bien aimé l'intervention de Francis euh, tout à l'heure. C'est vrai qu'on peut payer peu cher pour sa traduction, euh, mais après, il faut passer des heures à réarranger le texte, le mettre à, au goût du jour et le, surtout au goût, au goût du, du public qu'on a en tête. Alors, c'est vaut mieux payer plus cher probablement pour avoir une meilleure traduction. Euh, aujourd'hui, on a parlé euh, de, de l'importance de s'adapter. Et de l'importance de gagner avec la traduction quand on est, quand on vient d'une, d'un pays extérieur comme les États-Unis par rapport au Québec ou même ou même l'Europe ou encore même le Canada anglais versus le Québec. Quand une compagnie comme Chorus Entertainment rentre au Québec, elle doit s'adapter. une des manières de faire dans le cas de Chorus Entertainment, ça a été de changer le nom pour Chorus Québec. On s'est mis donc à parler au Québec de Chorus Québec et les gens sont dit, oh, c'est peut-être une entreprise québécoise. La même chose pour Michaels, euh, Arts & Craft, euh, qui est une grande, grande corporation, un, un détaillant américain, qui s'est installé au Québec en septembre dernier, eh bien, ils ont mis un, un, un slogan en français, ils ont fait traduire tout leur matériel, ils sont allés aussi en... Ils ont pris ces décisions-là en amont, ils ont pris ces décisions-là trois ans avant, et euh, la, la haute direction était intimement impliquée. Pour ce qui est des médias sociaux, on en a parlé brièvement. On s'est dit que les plateformes Euh, n'ont pas été faits pour être euh, pour des, des travailleurs qui travaillent de façon bilingue en français en anglais en italien dans d'autres langues euh, et qu'il faut qu'il faut forcer euh, il faut s'adapter il faut utiliser les outils le mieux possible entre autres Facebook nous permet d'intervenir en français auprès de nos publics francophones par contre Twitter c'est pas possible on a un fil Twitter alors à ce moment-là il faut peut-être se créer différents fils euh, grosso modo c'est ce dont on a parlé aujourd'hui
2: Je suis tout à fait d'accord et tout ce que marie jo a dit mais tout ce que je veux dire c'est que j'ai choisi le nom pour pour l'entreprise uh, comment parler aux anglais parce qu'il ya beaucoup de, d'obstacles à franchir et la chose que je voudrais dire à tout le monde c'est qu'il on, il faut pas prendre des raccourcis si on veut le bon message il faut le faire comme il faut et pas prendre
0: raccourcis okay, well, translation or as we might say also, lost an adaptation. Talk to you next time on The Voice. Have a great week.
1: You've been listening to the podcast of the International Association of Business Communicators, produced in Ottawa at MediaStyle. For more information, visit ottawa.iabc.com.